Hello, hello. I hope this podcast finds you well. We are solidly in the season of winter, which depending on where you live may feel more imposing than other places. Hello there, Los Angeles. In the season of winter, I have found that there's often these fluctuations in our sense of optimism energy. It can be a time where we are more in our like heavy grief oriented, more sad oriented energy. And, you know, that can definitely be a problem. We have a whole diagnosis about that seasonal affective disorder, but it can also be, if it's not too serious, it can also be an invitation to just lean into some of the shadowy, darker parts of our lives and experiences, give them a little time and attention, cave up a little bit, rest, enjoy a slower pace. So if some of that is alive for you, just a gentle reminder that I wrote a book about grief and about being in the shadowy, darker places in life while also staying attached to motivation, energy, and light. The book is called Touching Two Worlds because, of course, it spans the range of grief and joy. So if you haven't yet read it, I think winter's a good season for it. If you maybe have people in your life that are struggling with some heavier experiences right now, I wrote it to be pretty giftable, pretty easily accessible for folks. So just reminding you that it's out there if that serves you. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and now on to the content for this week. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hey there, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist for entrepreneurs and high performers. My job is to help people who are doing amazing things in the world and in their lives with their own mental health. So today I want to talk about how to mitigate or navigate an anxiety crisis by thinking about some self-soothing strategies that we can use wherever we are whenever we begin to feel really overwhelmed by what's happening around us or within us. I got my start as a clinical psychologist working with people who had recently returned from combat deployments. So I have spent a lot of time sitting with people who are really used to being in a state of elevated arousal. Uh, Sometimes we call that hypervigilance, but they have been used to operating in a context where there's a lot of danger and you have to pay attention to your surroundings and the details of those surroundings really at all times in order to prevent something terrible happening to you or to the people around you. So the body is a wonderful system in its ability to anticipate the potential of danger and to respond accordingly. But there's significant difficulty that arises when our calibration of that system gets off, where we are having an anxiety response when there's not real life threat, but our our body and our brain sort of believes that there are. When our body and our brain believes that there really is danger, 
anxiety crisis can be a panic attack, um, some kind of a, a traumatic or PTSD reaction related to something that's triggered an earlier experience or memory of trauma. Anything where we feel a bit like our mind and body are, are hijacked by anxiety, where we are unable to kind of talk ourselves through or rein it in quickly, I would call that an anxiety crisis. It's super uncomfortable, can be super scary. Sometimes it feels like a heart attack if we're really in the state of like a panic attack. It feels like, wow, our body is just at 10 out of 10 disruption level and it feels very dangerous and disruptive and scary for us and for those around us. So a lot of my early work with veterans was learning how to help support them in their anxiety management, self-soothing strategies, and to help them practice those strategies so that when trauma triggers or panic arose, they would feel like they had a toolbox to help them through that experience. And honestly, it's a tool or it's a set of tools that I've used a lot in my clinical work with entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs operate at a really high level of activation, right? there. If you think about like a zero being like you're asleep, having the deepest sleep, and 10 is like absolute fight or flight, combat readiness. Most entrepreneurs, I feel like, are operating like a seven. You know, there's a lot of energy, a lot of action, a lot of thought, a lot of just big movement and motion that goes into building a company. And that big energy can easily sort of shift over into anxiety. Our bodies actually can't really tell the difference between anxiety and excitement. Anytime we're like keyed up, like there's blood running through our muscles, our breath is going fast, our heart is beating faster, could be excitement, could be anxiety. Body doesn't really know the difference. So anyway, this anxiety experience is pretty common in entrepreneurs and, and important for folks to feel like they have some strategies and tools to work it through so they are not getting lost in moments of anxiety or feeling like they're being hijacked by a fear that they can't quite articulate or understand. So what do you do? If you are in a situation and you feel that anxiety begin to rise, how do you manage it? The techniques that I know the best kind of fall into what I call the three B's. When we're thinking about what's happening with an anxiety spike or an anxiety crisis, it almost always involves a disruption in our breath, that's B number one, a disruption in our body, that's B number two, and a disruption in our brain, B number three. So the self-soothing techniques that I like to use really fit in those three categories. So let's talk about breath. When we are in anxiety, our body kicks into this whole scenario of fight or flight. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Our breath starts to go very quickly and it moves up. It's like in our throat and in our chest. If you think about like the really extreme case of anxiety, somebody's like hyperventilating. <laughs> Their breath is really throaty and it's really fast. And you know, honestly, like the best way to hack anxiety is by tapping into something called our vagus nerve. I've talked about this a lot in the Zen Founder podcast. So if you want more on the vagus nerve, you can Google that and find that resource. But the vagus nerve is this amazing nerve that runs through the base of our brain and has contacts with like all of our major organs. And it is the system that activates the calm down response. So our breath is one of the quickest routes to the vagus nerve. 
So if our breath starts to get fast and shallow, we can just switch it, like artificially decide, okay, I'm going to breathe deep down into my belly and I'm going to breathe slowly. So that is helpful to just actually count it. Like I'm going to breathe in for four counts. I'm going to breathe out for four counts. And do that over and over. Usually it only takes five to six breath cycles, but it depends again on what's going on and how disrupted your body is. And that slow, low, deep breathing signals to the vagus nerve, oh, it's okay, we're not being eaten by a tiger if this person is breathing this way. This person must not actually be in danger. So I can turn off the anxiety activation and bring about the calm down response. So low and slow breath. People do box breathing. There's lots of breath techniques. Um, definitely do a deep, deep dive, Google them. I have some breathing exercises again on the Zen Founder podcast. You can check those out. But really the strategy is low and slow. So I like to just count to four and think about four breaths, four by four. Pretty simple. It doesn't need to be like, I don't know, it doesn't need to be Wim Hof. It doesn't need to have like a deep strategy, but um, just something that really calms down your breathing. Incidentally, if you are really interested in breath work, another great resource is Othership. It's the Othership app. My friend Robbie Bent, who I've interviewed on the Zen Founder podcast, released this app, which is great because it pairs breath work to music. And so you can use the rhythm of the music to help modulate the speed of your breath. So that's always a great tool. Okay, so breath is our first B. Our second B is body. Thinking back to how anxiety came to be and why it's designed as an important system in our bodies, it's about fight or flight, right? So when you move into your anxiety, your body is getting ready for some big action. There's a lot of blood that's rushing into your muscles. Your muscles become tense. They become ready for some kind of preservation or self-protective action. So because that's just this automatic part of the anxiety response, again, a way to hack it or to like stop it, cold stop is through, again, the vagus nerve. And that's this sense of really intentionally relaxing the body. So one strategy to do this, and there are many, but one strategy that I like is some progressive muscle relaxation. If you have time and space, you can lay on the floor and like systematically clench and release each of your major muscle groups. If you don't have time, if you're in the meeting or if you're in the midst of your day and your life, some simple like breathing in, clenching fists, breathing out, relaxing hands can be something that signals to your body a sense of well-being. So when an anxiety crisis comes, anything that you can do to calm the body or bring it out of that story is helpful. Other options include uh, using essential oils or lotion, like some kind of scent that takes you out of the state that you're in and moves you into another state. Like, oh, the scent of lavender. You're, you know, thinking about beautiful purple fields in France or something or a sense of even rubbing lotion on your hands, very slowly caring for your cells, caring for your body, tending to it. 
You can also do some tapping, self-massage, giving yourself a hug. You want to think about how to help your body feel safe. You know, just as you would if one of your kids woke up in the middle of the night from a bad dream and they were upset, what would you do? You might rub their back or sing to them or just gently with your hands and your presence communicate to their body that they're safe and it's okay to be calm and to go back to sleep. Same thing applies. So our third B is the brain, and this is the tricky one. <laughs> um, it's really the mind I'm talking about, not the organ of the brain, but you know, the 3B alliteration is kind of satisfying. So I say the brain, one of our best tools to combat anxiety has to do with what channel we're watching in our brain. If you think of our brain as like a television set, what's on the TV, what's the channel you're watching? Most of us in a state of anxiety are watching a channel of horror and destruction of scary things, of failure, of everything that could go wrong. That's what's playing on the sort of mind's screen. So part of our strategy is to change the channel, right? We don't really want to watch that. Let's change the channel to something. So what we want to change the channel to, though, is a place of safety, comfort, relaxation. It's really helpful to have a go-to happy place or relaxation place. You know, for some people, it can be like a cozy chair in their grandma's home. And they picture just curling up in this chair, maybe with a lovely blanket, maybe there's a cat nearby, but a scene which they know, they remember, they've had an experience of that lives in their cells that they can call forth in a lot of detail in order to play that station in the brain. Other people go to the beach, go to the mountains, imagine themselves, you know, on a hammock and a beautiful, beautiful beach in Thailand or something. But you want to have a place that for you is easy to get to. And it's important to play it out because you really want it to be believable. You want it to be like a good movie that's playing in your brain. So one of the ways of really fleshing it out and making it believable is to think about all the sensory cues that go along with that place. What do you see? What does it sound like in that place? You know, like if you're in the, your grandma's house, what kind of like music does she have playing in the background? Or if you're at the beach, what is the sound of the waves or maybe the seabirds? What does the place smell like? Scent is like a very powerful evoker of emotion for humans. So is grandma making apple pie or chocolate chip cookies? Or can you smell the seawater and the seaweed, you know, just that scent of the beach? Maybe if you're in the mountains in your mind movie, you smell the scent of pine. But what are the things that really fill in the details? Is there a taste to this place? If you were to open your mouth, you know, that, again, that salty air at the beach or what did grandma just serve you as you're curled up in that chair in her home? And then, of course, what is the sensation? What's the touch? What does the blanket feel like around you? What does the sand feel like on your toes? Or how does your body lay in a hammock? So you really, it's, you know, if anxiety is an, a common part of your life, I would pick a place or two and I would go through all of the five senses and write down 
this is what I feel in that spot. This is what I see. This is what I smell. This is what I taste. This is what I hear. And get it pretty practiced so that you can change the channel, transport yourself to this calm, relaxing, safe situation when you need to, when you face an anxiety crisis. People experience anxiety quite differently. Anxiety is very subjective and it happens in our bodies fairly automatically. So it's important not to be really critical of yourself for feeling anxious, but instead of using that time and space to criticize yourself, just to really get a strategy, get a way of bringing yourself back. And the three Bs is a really great tool, breath, body, brain. For deeper, more, I guess, long-standing conversation about your relationship with anxiety, that's a really good thing to work on with a therapist, with a coach, with someone who can help ask some bigger questions about where that anxiety is coming from, what might be fueling it, what assumptions you're working from in your life and in your work that might make you vulnerable to anxiety. And then you can begin to work on the foundation that might be leaving you vulnerable to anxiety. It's kind of a both and. We want the like crisis fix it in the moment strategies, and then we want the longer term, unfold it over time, rework the foundation kind of strategies. Both serve you and both will help you feel more able to be super present in your life and in your work and build the kind of business and amazing life that you want. So as I mentioned, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this for people who are in the midst of trauma and other kinds of anxiety-related responses. So lots of content on the Zen Founder website related to anxiety. And it's something that I talk about and work with quite often. So if it's interesting to you, feel free to sign up for the newsletter. You can find that at zenfounder.com. And um, I hope to be of service to you. Take good care. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.